Hi, and welcome to our 16th podcast of the NBC's The Blacklist. This one is about the Lipid Seafood Company. I love the name. And they are the number 111th in the Blacklist list. And uh, I must say, this was a terrific episode. Maybe not so much for, we didn't see a lot of the Keens, we didn't see much of Red, but Samar and Aram had great scenes. And so did Cooper and Wrestler. I mean, th those four really shone in this mm -hmm. episode. Yes. Should we lead with Cooper? Uh, sure. What, one of my favorite moments of this episode was just the... In, it, it goes back to Harry Lennox and that voice of his. Oh, yay. I mean, it's no... Like, it's like molasses. It, there are very few people that I can think of that can just lecture someone, you know, a character play, you know, a character lecturing a character played by James Spader. I mean, how do you do that? How do you even approach that? Much less when the character being played by James Spader is Raymond Reddington. Mm -hmm. I really feel like the one of the very few people that can get away with lecturing Red as he did is Harold Cooper. And he does it beautifully. And personally, I I feel like he might not have been as upset over that if Red hadn't just had a very heartfelt conversation with him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, mean, I was going to say we, the same we thing. Had, we had the hiatus between it, but what a lot of people don't think about, what we often as the audience don't add into the equation is just because we've had eight weeks of hiatus or however many weeks it was, this is coming up on the on the edge, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Cooper and Red just had the conversation about smothering. You know, this was a week, you know, before. something. I mean, I haven't run the numbers, but, you know, just to put it into perspective, it hasn't been that long. And Red was sitting there with him and talking about how he didn't, you know, that he was smothering her and that he, you know, basically that he how shouldn't. How hard it was being. Yeah, exactly. And Cooper Cooper sat there and listened to that and was a was an ear for him. And I think Cooper thought that he was about to see some changes in regards to that, which would make sense. And a revelation usually equals some sort of change. And there, there have been a few minor ones, but then you turn around and you get all of this, and I think Cooper just lost it when he realized that this man who had kidnapped Liz and Agnes had put everybody in danger. I mean, if you think about it, he nearly got Cooper and his team killed at the wedding. Mm -hmm. And again at the hospital. Yeah, um, exactly. Cooper and, and Liz and Tom were all at the hospital kidnapped Liz twice, kidnapped Agnes once, and had her for a length. I mean, it just, all of this stress, all of these resources going to this, which he probably had to answer for at some point, because these are government resources going for a private mm -hmm. individual. So he had to find ways to keep that going, keep that running. It was probably very stressful for Cooper during this point. But he's, his team means a lot to him and he's willing to do that type of thing and so the fact that red just let him go let kurt go i think really set cooper off and i i very much enjoyed <laughs> watching him go at him because 
Red tries to distract him with, okay, and here's our next Blacklister, who is obviously mm-hmm. terrible and needs to be looked at. I mean, terrorism, obviously a terrible thing. But Cooper comes around at the end and goes, okay, you don't want to look at the past? Well, let's look at what it's still doing. And this is your fault. I think he's also going on, and this is a, a very deliberate decision on the writers to get on the same wave length as Kate was. This is your fault. Is your coming into this life that's making all this? Because remember, we as the audience know what Red had told Liz. The problems are not about you being my daughter or I'm being in your life. You want to believe that, but the problems are also coming from who you are. And I think that that is what would um, a lot of these characters are operating without that the benefit of that knowledge. They don't understand that most of Liz troubles. And the fact that Red is a danger to Liz, it's not coming from who Red is. It's coming from who Katrina is or was. But I do think, I mean, in part, it probably does have to do with Red as well. He's in the mix on all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you're right. And it's it's the same thing we've talked about before with wrestlers' views on Tom, with a lot of people's views on Tom, is that they only have pieces of the story. And Cooper's the same way. He's coming at, at the situation with Red and Liz with pieces of the story, and he's being very protective over his agent. You know, yeah. I'm, he was the one that was officiating her wedding, that spoke at her funeral. They are close. Mm-hmm. Liz has said that she views him as a father figure. They are incredibly close, and I think that Cooper is very protective over her. And I, I've always loved the Cooper and Red conversations because it's very much two father figures in her life on very different ends of the spectrum. One is yeah. on the legal side, the law-abiding side, the, you know, it does, it's not, I'm not saying that Cooper doesn't understand the darker aspects of it, which he mm-hmm. absolutely does, but... When you compare him to Red, he's very much on the legal side. And then you have Raymond Reddington, who's fourth most wanted in the United States, and, you know, the concierge crime. And so you, you've you got these two men who both weigh dramatically in her life, basically having a sit-down about influences on her life. It's, it's very mm-hmm. interesting, and it's great to see them, because they both care deeply about her. Yeah, well, we got a lot of scenes. We got the scenes in which the, the the smothering scene that you mentioned at the beginning. We also have the scene when when Cooper thinks, when they both think that Liz is dead, and you know, he comes in and he smiles and says, "Well, you know, as long as we keep going, I I can I can deal with this." So Cooper knows how distraught Red was, yet. You know, the, the fact that Liz faked her death to get away from Red and therefore, you know, inflicted the amount of damage on all of them because of it, it's something that he, I think, struggles understanding how. Because I have a feeling that Cooper, if Cooper doesn't know that Red is Liz's father, Cooper has a pretty good idea that at least he considers himself to be one. I mean, you see it from, from 101. He's right there, and you have that little smile when he says that he wants, you know, he wants to have go have dinner in a restaurant with Liz um, in Montreal, and he gives that little smile. Uh, you you can see that he knows what's going on. So oh, throughout the series, we've seen Cooper distrusting Liz, trusting Liz, 
getting to care about Liz. And Liz has, it's not because Liz is all complacent. Liz bears into him uh, when we have the judge. And he's saying, yeah, you beat a guy up. And, and at the end, he shows that, she shows him that the same compassion. It says, you know, there's been enough judging around here. And, and I think those are the little qualities that Liz has that really get people to be so endeared by her. Because in those moments when judging is so easy to do, she always finds the high road, the road forgiving, the road understanding. Yeah, in the end, Liz is very good with forgiveness, and which is funny because her her first reaction many times is to get upset and to fly off the handle and to make rash decisions, but give her a little bit of time to sit back, to take a walk in someone else's shoes, and you see the profiler in her. She's very good at coming at it from a different angle. Mm. Um... Which leads us to our the the two shining stars. Um, you want to do wrestler first uh, before we get into Aram and and, and Samar because wrestler had some amazing moments. This one, I wrestler was excellent. I mean, Diego's always wonderful. You, you know me. I am I'm a big fan of Diego's, and I just I I really feel like they have done very well with wrestler recently. They've really let him shine through. And this episode, I'll be interested to see how he reacts to Samar moving forward after all of this because I, I think it kind of hit him hard when Levi admitted that uh, that um, she had been putting the op together. Because mm-hmm. Russell was already irked that she had lied to them, but I think he was going to overlook that, and then all of a sudden, bam. And then you have him <laughs> running down Farouk and throwing him in front of a car. <laughs> yeah. That... I, my response hey, to that... Let's talk about that moment, because that was... I mean, that was... You get a progression of, of wrestler here. Um, very different from the first progressions that we saw in wrestler, you know, in season one, when he would get all obfuscated over over little things with Liz and, and being a stickler for the law and the rules. This time he's just, he's angry and he takes it on the bad guy and it just throws him in front, in front of a car and then looks at him like, oops. Well, the man bit him, to be fair. I mean, like, who bites someone? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Wrestlers look at him like, are you serious? <laughs> you know? and- yeah, that was that was beautiful. Uh, but my my reaction is I'm sitting there watching it, and that look he gets as he's picking up the you know the technology and just yeah. kind of looking down at him, going, "That man has spent way too much time around Tom and Liz lately, <laughs> having people <laughs> run over with cars and giving them the look like get what you deserved." I'm yeah. moving on. <laughs> he has spent a little too much time around the Keens recently. <laughs> it's starting to affect the way he reacts to things. Uh, and I I also think that he has seen the way that. The, the intelligence the gray operates you know this is a man who actually have had a license to kill you know within the com- within the confines of the of the law but he has had that now he's getting it into a, a whole different level he's he's understanding slowly that there are ways of playing this game and some parts of the game cannot be played by the rules i mean he does that when he takes us to ban and says well great you 
he takes what Red says seriously. Okay, he, Red made the deal. He didn't, so he gives a master plan. And he's slowly turning into more of an intelligence guy. He's, he's understanding. Farouk, you know, may have some intelligence, but he's not going to tell them anything. So pushing me in front of a car is just fine. Well, it's exactly when Farouk was torturing Samara and he said she's not going to say anything. She and I are basically, I, I don't remember the exact didn't phrase. didn't torture her. But, you know, that she wasn't going to say anything. They were the same type of people. Yeah. They were cut from the same cloth. A wrestler knew that, just as you said. And so, you know, it's, what are you going to do? I mean, going to throw him in prison and have, you know, the taxpayers foot, foot the bill the entire time? Or, you know, he, keep, he make got sure the job he doesn't done. get away? <laughs> yeah, he he got the job done. And, you know, it's interesting because um, if you remember, and this is a nice parallel, when Wrestler is talking to Cooper about Tom, when he comes back from the sh from the boat, uh, Liz is on the run. He tells Cooper that you know he can't trust Tom Keen, and and Cooper tells Wrestler that Tom is a man who would shoot a guilty man on the back to prevent him from escaping. And Wrestler says, "Well, that's not my job. I got by the law." The Wrestler of season four, it's understanding that sometimes you got to shoot a guilty man on the back to prevent him from escaping. And this is exactly what he does. He shoves him in front of a car yeah. because that will get the job done. The guy, it's of no, no value for intelligence. He will never talk. And the second, he needs to get that, that device back to protect the lives of millions. Right. So he does it. And so that's a, that's a beautiful parallel between um, a view of, wrestler views of Tom Cooper's telling Tom wrestler what Tom is and wrestler becoming more towards that side. So everybody is kind of converging into a gray. Yeah. And that's the only way Russ is going to survive in this world. I mean, because he is in a world of deep grays and he's learning that and he's going to learn it very well. Um, Something interesting, um, and I, I may need to, like, duck for cover after saying this, because I, I've i never really been on the wrestler and Samar ship. That's never been mm -hmm. my thing. But. Yes. Did you I get know. The, did you get oh, a yes. little bit of jealousy I, when he was I've talking to Levi? I've gone in it. Ever since they met for the first time at the office. You know, after after he she rescues him. Go ahead. I, I just loved it. He walks in. You don't call. You don't write. Levi, <laughs> you know, as he's running off. You know, it's it was almost. I mean, and I I don't think that they have been close together. I'm not even sure that did they even meet before this episode. Yes, they did. When in um, in Salbin Hassan, you're right. They meet. Not only that, but um. They that is one of the first moments when wrestler is is starting to get a little like yeah, you have a a, a breach grenade, and then it's like you're here conducting just uh, a little surveillance, and and then, right, I don't want to know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's very interesting, and I I love the way that he reacts to Levi because, and I don't know. It could be a little bit of romantic jealousy just because he did sleep with Samar. Even if they're never going to continue that, you know, it's it's not out of the question that there wouldn't be at least a little bit of something. 
but that's also, protectiveness. I was going to say, but it's also his partner. This is his partner who was lying to him to protect her Mossad, Mossad partners. And so there's, I think there's a little bit of jealousy there. And it's and also very, very, we're getting there. And, and I, I love what the writers have done with this, because if you really think about it, this is, this is wrestler who's a stickler for the rules and, and is, you know, very reluctant to learning to move towards grace and, and, and things are not so clear cut. Also, this is a man who hates a dirty cop, who hates somebody who will not protect their own. And Samar here was walking a very fine lines. He he was lying to the task force. He was protecting Mossad. Those are two both agencies that deal with protecting the public. So they're both cops. So for for wrestler, this is a this is a very complex situation, and I, I, I'm be very um, curious as to how he's going to react to all this. Because I, in a way, Samar has been protecting both mm-hmm. agencies, and that is, that is a very interesting place to have put them both. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't get the impression she was trying to betray the task force at all. She's just, she, it's never been stated that she left Mossad. It's no, just, she was on loan. Yeah, and An so indefinite loan. You know, the fact that she's still working with them is not should not be as huge of a surprise to anybody. And she was already doing a covert operation with CIA and Mossad when she kills the Iranian uh, nuclear scientist. So that's nothing, nothing new to this. Yeah, it's I just agree. new that 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 Cooper didn't know about it, and Cooper was, you know, rightfully pissed about it. Yeah, and I think that was really Cooper's biggest thing was saying, you should have come to me with this and just made sure I was in the loop. You know, mm. I think that that was his biggest issue was that he was left out of the loop as her superior officer, basically. Yeah. But no, I, I did get a little bit of a, a jealousy from, I did from Wrestler. Okay, at least I wasn't alone. I was a little scared to make that comment on Tumblr that there might have been backlash there. But Well, remember that, that, that Wrestler, before they sleep together, Wrestler has actually taken the steps as a fellow law enforcement officer to call to the hospital and see how Levy's doing. And tell her that he's going to be okay. So you're you're talking about a conflictive relationship right there. And at the same time, I think that they both care for Samar, maybe in different ways. Um, but I, yeah, I got a little jealousy. I got a little protectiveness because wrestler has come a long way from that moment. He also was telling Samar, if there's anything I can do to change your mind about leaving the task force. And that may have been part of the reason why she was also leaving the task force. She has been back then preparing all this operation. She may have felt that maybe leaving the task force was the cleanest way of doing all this. And I also have, and I reblog that in Criminally Sane, about how I've always thought that Samars have come into the task force in order to be close to Reddington because Reddington could find targets that they could not. So I, I think that there was a, a dual thing going on there. Very, very interesting, very lovely on Wrestler, uh, that protectiveness and and, uh, and and that fight in the house was awesome. Oh, and he's got great reflexes. Like I, if I were ever in a fight, I'd want Donald Wrestler on my side. 
one thing that I thought was a little bit, I'm still going, okay, hang on, is the drone. Because Wrestler has been stated and shown as a sharpshooter. Uh, the dossier mentioned that he's trained in sharpshooting, and mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm, seen it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah, he, he, he took that shot when Samara was held captive in season three, yeah. when he just popped the guy in the head. When he... I think that, that shooting a, a drone is actually pretty hard. Is it? Okay. I mean, I've never taken a pot They're very small before. and they move very fast. Yeah. And so and maybe that's it. Um, but when I was watching, I'm going, wrestler, take it down. <laughs> Come on, buddy. <laughs> I think he shot a couple of times. He did. He, he did, but yeah. he missed. And so... He missed. It's, it's very, it's a, it's a moving target and it's, they're very fast and very small and they got spinning things. So if they get into a spinning thing, it's, I'm not yeah. sure. Um, and it wouldn't have been, I mean, then we wouldn't have that lovely scene pushing him in front of the car. And that was, I mean, I will forgive the sharpshooting things for that scene. Cause I mean, the, that look that he gave us, he picked up the thing and coolly like, okay, well, I'm sorry, guy about you that had to think, but I feel just, bad for the guy driving the car. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> he was a terrorist. Oh, well, okay. Feel no pain. All good. <laughs> yeah. All good. Feel no pain. Thank you for doing your patriotic duty. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was super funny. Um, I loved it. So um, let's go into. Do you want to go into Samar and yeah. Aram? Yeah, let's. Because uh, those two are definitely going to kind of intermix here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already touched on the Mossad versus the FBI. I mean, that's it's. She's straddling that line right now, and Cooper made it very clear that she needed to look where her loyalties lie. I thought it was interesting how she mm. came back so quickly and said, I don't have to think about it. And it's it's like she knew. But I I do think, personally, because I just finished a rewatch this morning uh, when, mm-hmm. we're, when we're recording this, and I, I may change my mind second, third round through, but currently I think that when she went to Levi and told Levi I'm in love with somebody else, that was her more or less shifting her allegiances more to the task force than to her Mossad team. I mean, I don't think she would ever put her her Mossad team in danger. I don't think she would ever betray them on any level. But I think that was kind of her saying, on one level, I've made that choice. You think it was it was about not only about Aram, but it was also about um, about the team. Yeah, I think it's about I, the life she's leading. I I think that it it was layered like everything else in the show. That it was about you know she said I I've been waiting for you for too long and and I'm in love with somebody else. I think there were a lot of choices going into that because that was directly mm. after her and Co- her and Cooper's conversation about choose a side. And she goes and she she's looking between Levi and Aram right then, and she chooses a side, even though she knows the side she's chosen may not choose her back, which is once again a lovely parallel with Tom. Um, mm. I really need these two to become friends because there are so many parallels between the way they react to things. It just coming from mm. similar backgrounds. Or similar training backgrounds. Similar guess. training, yes. The background. Well, uh, you got a, a, a traumatic background too with, with Samar. Um, different, and a different betrayal. traumas. Yeah, it's like you get this. The elements are you get a, 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 a number of elements and you combine them differently. You create these different personalities. 
um, which is very interesting, the, the way they've, they've done this, very layered characters. Um, but I, you know, I'm not so sure, I wouldn't, I'm not so sure that Samar can ever not be a spy, not be an agent. Um, but again, I mean, don't forget, she's in Iranian. She is not Jewish. But it was very she's interesting. Because she, she, she kept calling Israel her country. To her, Israel is her country. I think that she feels that Iran has... Abandoned her. Yeah. She may be Persian by by birth, Birth. but she has chosen Mossad uh, as her her cultural, you know. And I think it because it, it... it was fighting against the people who murdered her father, her mother, and what he she thought was her brother too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that maybe you were right, and maybe at this point Samar needs to move on. And I always come back to that little phrase she has when she hears that Levy got engaged, and she tells Liz, "I'm not. I'm. I don't know what I'm doing." And we always thought it was, you know, what she's doing with Levy. Or I think it was that moment she was starting to consider she, the 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 thread, the the light motif in Samar has been avenging her brother's death, her parents' death, and she has accomplished the parents, and the brother was a betrayal. And I think that Samar is ready to move on maybe this is what she needed to close that and move on and go to some other place with other loyalties uh, because that closed that it's finished i think that's a very interesting way of looking at it yeah so i i think it's very interesting looking at the two different type of men i think aram is very much a new type of guy for her I mean, mm-hmm. Levi's really all we have to go off of uh, for for Samara, for legitimate mm-hmm. relationships. And you've got very much a spy. I mean, he's, uh, he, you know, he, he, I swear, the actor always plays Mossad. <laughs> I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen him play. <laughs> he was in uh, Covert Affairs, a USA show, several years mm-hmm. ago. And he was a Mossad agent. <laughs> that's that's where I came across him first. And so when he showed up as, on this show, I'm like, oh, he'll be Mossad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but he's very much a spy. He's very much, yeah. You can tell that he would understand that darkness with her. And Aram is just a light. And I, I think it's a trope throughout shows, especially like this one. You know, where you have a darker character who, you know, will fall in love with someone who is their light. For Tom, it's Liz, and kind of vice versa for for Liz I think she sees Tom in in a way it's kind of an awkward way but you know in a way he's kind of her like because he's so positive and pushes her to be better and that sort but Mm -hmm. I think that Samar that Aram could Aram is the one that sees the best in her he would push her to be better push her past we've talked about for the comfort zones that people fall into. And Samar is very comfortable being somebody else, being undercover, lying, manipulating. Mm-hmm. She's good at it because she's a she's a trained agent. I'm not saying this is a negative trait at all. But Aram is not comfortable with that. And it was something that that he basically had to 
space in that deposition about Elise that he's always gone for women like Samar, who are not honest, who are not, you know, who are always hiding behind different masks. I mean, obviously not intelligence, with the exception of Elise, but uh, we hope. <laughs> we hope this is the first spy that Aram has dated. Considering that he has been, that he was NSA before, who knows? Uh, yeah, you I never mean, know. Poor guy. Yeah, he, it's, I think that Aram lacks one thing, and it, you know, maybe it is a naivete, maybe, it's like he doesn't have good instincts with people. He, he always we... wants to see the best in them. And that, that's what I was saying about Samar, mm -hmm. is that he sees the best in her. And I think Arama even said something to that degree, that he sees the best and he focuses on that almost to the detriment of seeing any of the negative qualities. And that's why he gets caught unaware by all the women in his life that he's dated before. And I think that... That where... I feel like they have always that that Samar is trying to choose to date someone better. Like they're both trying to grow right now. They're both in this state of growing, and Samar feels that Aram's the right choice. And Aram is suddenly saying, "Oh my gosh, you're exactly like everybody else I've dated. I've got to choose against this, no matter how much I want it." Which is sad for me as a Saram shipper, but you know, hey. <laughs> well, I think that that. The only way they're going to get um, the the way Aram has to go is Aram has to um, get less naive and it's funny because he always knew that there was something wrong with Elise. It's not that he didn't see it. he he just didn't think it was about his work. He wanted so badly to be about something else you know remember he said maybe she has a terminal illness maybe she's just i'm he's i'm her rebound guy he, so he always knew that there was something not quite okay he just can't bring himself to think that it was about spying and i think that the reality that he is a intelligence guy a hacker He's never put that because in, I think for Aram in his mind, he lives a lot in his mind. And in his mind, you know, spying is something you do with a computer. Spying is not something that you do with people, with seducing, with like red does, intelligence, human intelligence, seduction. Um, and, and that is the part that the techno guys always seem to forget that there is, there is another dimension to that and I think that's what his growth is going to be that there is there's people out there that do not need a computer to get into things yeah and he's he's very socially awkward um Aram often has trouble with the social situations he rattles on he he babbles especially with the badass guys you know oh, yeah. the, the gets, physical badasses he gets very nervous around people and and so that makes sense that, that makes a lot of sense there. And I think at this point, at the end of this episode, I think that his fear, especially right after Samar did what she did, it was like this huge neon flashing light for him going, she's in intelligence. I can't do this because I won't see what's coming. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, a, it's a, I am vulnerable because I have a, a blindness about this. 
Yeah. It's uh, it's a very interesting because I think Aram is is a badass. I mean, in his own way, in his techie way, he's the warrior of the future. Um, he just needs to be damaged. I mean, how he needs to get a little more damage. What can I say? He yeah. does. Well, that's <laughs> heaven knows that happens in this show. Mm. He's on the right show for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, poor guy, our cinnamon roll that everybody and- wants to protect. <laughs> How about um, about um, what everybody says? You know that Elise was like a, a, like Tom, and I know that we we touched on that when we did that episode and all that. But I think that it it, it merits a little bit more discussion on it because it is not the same. It hurt. It may have hurt him just as much because people get hurt different ways and different measures by different things, but. Um, I think what really hurt him was similar to what hurt Liz at the very beginning when Liz thought it was just business and that she hadn't seen it. So I think that that is similar, not the, not, not the actual situation, but their first read of the situation. And in the, in relationship with Elise, it's obvious that Elise had no relationship with her. She had not come into his life to protect him or anything. And, you know, over after a year, fell in love with him. She was just there to gain intelligence. And, you know, she gets the phone. I'm sure that when she licked, when she gets the phone to make a call, I'm sure that she installed something in the phone or downloaded or called something that got control of Aram's phone. And that started very quickly. There, so, was, there was more of a parallel between Aram and Elise and Tom and Amanda Bigelow. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's a very good one. And so it's just have, to gain information. It's just a job. And I, I know that there's been a, a photo released from Twitter from Redemption's, uh, Redemption's mm-hmm. airings of Tom. And it's, it's impossible to tell exactly where they are because we've seen them in a lot of swimsuits, which, by the way, does make me wonder, has Tom learned how to swim? Are we about to shove Tom in the water and he's about to have to learn? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've got this mental image of Solomon just walking by and shoving him in and then going, why isn't he coming up? <laughs> you know? Oh! There he goes. Um, but, That's but the there's, shooting. There's a lot of water in that episode, it seems like, unless this, this actress is in a couple episodes. I really don't know. But we've seen her in a bathing suit. We've seen Tom and, and Solomon in wetsuits. So, I mean, there's obviously something with some sort of, you know, water operation mm-hmm. that they're working on. And so I, whether it's a shower or whether it's, rinsing off at a beach i have no idea what they're doing one it's it's been released with bare bare minimum information but Mm. any sort of romantic i mean redemption has been said it's going to be very much a spy show and Mm. spy shows are sexy there are scenes um but but some of the fun about having a spy that's married with a kid is that balance between work and life. And that's something that I think that Tom's really going to have to to figure out in mm. Redemption is that work-life balance of still being... Because he, he... Bud made the comment, you know, you're the boyfriend. Aram made the comment he could write a book about this stuff. 
Tom is very good at the art of seduction. It's just gonna have to be how he balances that, like he did with Amanda Bigelow, and that's what set this thought off. Um, is that that he knew where to draw that line. You know, I mean, yeah. he knew Liz was alive during all of that, but he still needed the intelligence. He did what he had to do. He didn't sleep with the woman, though. He could have. Yeah, and, if, and if he had, I mean... I mean, look at look at Katerina. Look at Red. Katerina was a honey trap. She was sleeping with guys. She, Red still loved her. I think there is a big difference between when you sleep with someone as, you know, because you are attracted to them, as when you do it as a job, you know, and especially when the stakes are the fate of my country, uh, saving someone's life, saving my wife's life. If, if getting the person who's trying to kill my wife means that I got to kiss a couple of people, that's not that hard. I think that most people would do it. Yeah, I you know? think that's... I mean, Who's going to shove? I mean, what? not to get into any moral thing, but women who are supporting a child by stripping, you know, how can you get in the morality when they're making enough money to bring their kids? I mean, do they mean it? Does it mean anything? It means nothing. So, and that's just for money. But when you're doing it for your country, for your wife to help them you can't really mix morality with a spy show their their world functions in very different heightened reality yes i mean we're not this is not your next your neighbor next door this is not this is people who are doing this katarina was seducing was being a honey trap for her country and and you can't judge it in the same way it's not the same it's you know, and if you can distinguish that, the genre kind of, like, flies over you. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it's it's not Charlene sleeping with their across-the-street neighbor. It's That is a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that is, where the, the line is there. Yeah, um, that's a big deal. That, that's a personal relationship that hurt. That's a very different situation. And I, exactly. I think that'll be interesting, swinging back around to Samara and Aram. Uh, if, you know, if this continues, which I assume it, it will, I mean... I, I could be misreading it, but, I mean, the Johns have always talked about that they very much like the, the Saram relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember, I think it was Bokenkamp that said, you know, we'd love to take it there, but once mm-hmm. we do, where do we go from there? So I got the impression you're saying once they get there, that's going to be towards the end of the show. And so they're starting, yes. they're starting to move that direction now. I think it's going to be, the way they're setting it up, it's going to be a lengthy move. Um, mm-hmm. But they are moving. Because it's a long road. Yeah, they are moving in that direction, and it's going to be a all of the things in this spy world. Because Aram, like you said, he, he's in part of the spy world, but there's a whole other element of it that, that Samar very much lives in. She's going to have to learn things that allow him into her world and vice versa. They're going to have mm-hmm. to find that balance there. And so it'll be very interesting to watch and to see those two grow because I do think that both of them will grow quite a bit during this this journey. Mm-hmm. And so I, and like you said, we're probably going to see Aram shatter a little bit, yeah. which both makes my heart sad, but I also know that you often have to break characters to get them to grow. And so it's, yeah. you know, hey, as long as they're alive, they still have a chance. You know, when will Saram will Aram be willing to to be cool with uh, with Samar doing the kind of thing that you know Amanda Bigelow was for Tom? 
Like I, we've seen her seducing the Iranian um, scientist just to throw him off a roof. It's not a, a balcony. Um, it's not unheard of. It's I mean we've seen Liz doing it with with Jasper. It's something that is that it will get done in spy world. We're not talking about getting to the lengths of just sleeping with another person, but there will be that seduction. There will be a few kisses. There will be that's. And if you can't move with that, it will be very hard to have a relationship with someone who is actually doing that. So I think that that might be, as you said, a very lengthy road. But we've already seen Aram take, you know, dip his toe into that when he had to play Elise. And so he's he has taken that first step. And mm-hmm. I do think that he could eventually yes. get there. And I think that Samar will have to do some growing in the other direction as well. It'll be very, very interesting to watch. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's facing to be one of the most interesting relationships in the show um, because of of the characters. They 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 layer them. They make them so interesting, and they got all these elements. You know, the the trust towards one another, the love of the country, of the work they're doing, the the sense that the work they're doing matters for the lives of millions of people. They're, you know, they're people who, as wrestlers said, that they have been saved, that they have been families, that have been buried a, a father and a child, a mother, a husband, a wife. And, and that is something that wrestler knows very well because he buried a father. And, and that marked his life and pushed it in the, a different direction. So this is, is what the crux of, of the show is, is like that morality of spying is a very different stakes than the normal world. And, and to be able to function there, you've got to be able to, to take those things in stride. I agree. I 100% agree with that. It's, you look at it, you can't look at it as a lens of, of normal just any, people. Yeah. Of a normal show about, you know, an office job. This is an office job. They're spies. They're in the intelligence community. Yes, they work for the FBI, but they're still in the intelligence community. And that's a very complicated world there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, are we ready to move into Liz and Tom? Oh, yes, let's go there. <laughs> Save the best for last. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of listeners may disagree with that, but that's okay. Then we can just turn you tune off right now. Uh, um, oh, God. I mean, Not by just giving us a try. Yeah, it's called Keen Minds, people. Come on. Um, so, uh, the Keens actually were not in this episode very much. Uh, Liz, Tom, and Red really didn't have a whole lot of screen time on this episode, which, which was fine. Um, I, I've joked before that I always say that, you know, great episode, could have used more Tom. But something that Tom Keen fans learned very early on with long stretches of no Tom because no matter how much you want to complain about how much Tom is in an episode there most of the main cast with the exception of Samar and Aram because Aram it took a couple episodes to get him on as a regular and Samar came in on season two Tom Keen fans are the only fans that have had multiple episodes without him in it we're used to it. Lots of them. Yeah, we're we're kind of used to it. It's we were set up early. Season one, he was off and on because he was just the husband for half a season, and then we, you know, it was potential that we thought he was dead at the end of season one, and then he wasn't on until the seventh episode of season Eight. two. 
68. Uh, eight, no, I think it was the, the end uh, of seven. End of seven, I think. Uh, r- regardless, it was yeah. well into season Seven, two. eight episodes, yeah. I thought and, it was the Decemberist. And so we're used to waiting on this, and I think it's made us a very patient group of people. And while I would have loved to have had him more in this episode, he really didn't fit. He, I think mm-hmm. he'll fit much more next week looking at that this is happening at the Keen's home, this is being delivered into... And so it will make more sense to have him in the episode more. Um, yeah. But this one, it's... You gotta follow the writing. And that's... I, I talked mm-hmm. to a lot of people about that, that the story, you've... Sometimes the writing dictates the characters not not sometimes all the time that you know i mean you're gonna have one character in more because that's where the story leads and it's it's not anything against the actor it's not anything against the character it's not trying to shove someone to the side it's a story yeah exactly and that's that's how it was with tom and even liz in this episode and so I I loved both of the scenes with the the keen the the keen squared slash keen cube scenes for this episode, that video that Liz was shooting with Agnes. It was so that was delightful. It was delightful. I loved it. You know, I know I'm I'm not a super, but I love because I can see Katarina in red doing things similar, kind of preserving something. And I think that there will be a place where those things are kept. And I'm hoping that at the end of the series, we will get to see Liz exploring those mementos of her childhood. You mean Agnes? No, Liz. Oh, oh, oh I you mean the, the red and... Yeah, that'd be interesting. The red and Katarina did for her preserving some of those and I'm and I'm sure that they're kept in a very secure vault somewhere. It would be very interesting to get to see them or you know once Katerina shows up if she shows up I mean she might not for all we know but uh, to to get some of that but it was it was a lovely lovely scene um, and we got a, a different list with Bass you know not Liz upset because Bass erupted but Liz, actually grateful of having security and a bodyguard yeah and i also love the idea that by them doing this showing you know recording this for agnes for when she's older and can understand it that's that's a hint that says they're not gonna lie to their daughter about where she comes from about who they are you know their past their future i've kind of wondered about that how they were gonna approach that you know so, when when is their daughter old enough to tell the story about how, you know, mommy and daddy got together, and then yeah. how they broke up, and how they got back together, you know? And how there was this, um, this uh, granddaddy uh, that kidnapped her, but it wasn't really her granddaddy, although it should have been, or behaved like one, and, you know, contemplated taking her marrow bone marrow for something but decided not to do it because he would damage a child so um and then there is his other grandfather that um it's actually a, a wanted criminal and and then the the grandma it's a spy who might or might not be dead and the other one is um uh, also a spy and she and her grandfather own this enormous uh, it's spy for hire complex and 
paramilitary thing. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting story. Yeah, I just I love Tom there, and here's Daddy wondering how much damage we've done to our sweet little girl. <laughs> it's just, it's so great. It's it was a moment in which, even with everything around them, I, I've said for a while it's their brand of normal, and I they're not gonna just like Book and Camp said they're not gonna get that white picket fence. That's not in their future. That's but they no. can have their own brand of normal. They can have that moment with the three of them. They're happy. They're safe. They're healthy. They're looking to the future. That doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen. That doesn't mean they're still in the little fake they're, apartment. They are. Yeah, it's exactly. Christopher Hargrave and 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 Liz Reddington. That's what it comes down to, and they can get away from that. It's who you are. You can try to run from that, but that's who you are, and at the end, is going to find you. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. Their their picket fence comes with uh, with uh, towers and uh, and bodyguards and in uh, machine gun nests. It's the way it is. Yeah. But I also thought it was it was so lovely the way they introduced that. It felt very organic. How Tom is wondering about his father. I agree. It's they're setting that up very slowly, very surely, and we've seen the the pictures come out of, uh, I think his name's Terry O'Quinn, um, mm-hmm. that, that's playing uh, Howard Hargrave. Mm-hmm. And we know that they're going to meet early on in Redemption, which makes me absurdly excited because I've wanted, I know. I've wanted a father figure for poor Tom for ages now. And it's very nice because especially if Katarina comes in, we're going to have parallels of Tom meeting his father, Liz meeting her mother, and all of that. And it's going to parallel nicely with Redemption and... Uh, and you got Red the Criminal and Scotty, who's probably not a, as uh, as squeaky as uh, as uh, Howard is. So it's it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely the way the parallels are working in, in this. Um, and then the pardon, you know, Tommy's so absurdly happy with that. He is. It reminded me of of the pilot, honestly, when when they're talking outside the townhouse mm-hmm. when she's running late. And he says, I'm so proud of you. I mean, he's just, he's so proud of her that she'd worked so hard and she was so excited and he was so, it really reminded me of that scene, um, you know, where this is exactly what she wants. And so you don't see Tom going, well, honey, just remember last time you were doing this, that, you know, you left me sitting at the dinner table. We can't do this with Agnes. You don't see him doing that. You just, it's this massive hug of, you did it. I'm so proud of you. And it's it's beautiful. He's so supportive with it. And that's... Her face just lights up. And all I could think of in that scene was, you know, share your happiest moments with the people you love. And it's... Mm-hmm. It, it, it was, was a beautiful scene. It was. It was just perfect. And it, it's funny because I had thought that she was going to say no was wrong. I mean, she might say no in the future, but I was so wrong. She was ex- she was exultantly happy. Um, I, I was. It was a great, great thing to see. I also found interesting in that scene with them before that we were talking, where we were talking about finding. And Liz says, "Well, I feel different now. Tomorrow, I feel different." I love the way they go back and forth between looking for the past and and looking to the future, and they're both kind of like their mixes, their their views are mixing, and they're creating a more complex reality in which both of them are aware that the present may be the present, but there's still the past in and who. 
where we come from and who we where it's important to who we'll be yeah and and i think tom is learning that to a great degree because he spent most of his life moving from one one persona to the next so who he was really didn't matter jacob phelps didn't matter to the job you know as far as you know anything was aware that i mean it doesn't seem like there is any record of jacob phelps you know once he entered saint regis because obviously when his you know fingerprints are run and such it doesn't pop up with jacob phelps it pops up with tom keen or whoever he's under at the time and i i think that when as he's you know learning more who he is it's starting to bring up the questions that he never had because they didn't matter before and i think liz is teaching that and teaching that to him in a great way I also think there is a big difference between wanting to learn about who you were when you thought that your parents didn't want you and abandoned you or or drop you off or whatever it was the circumstances that he may have thought happened to Jacob Phelps. Then when you know and you've seen your mother with pictures of you and, and carrying that little um, necklace around that you know she hasn't slept in in months and she's always looked for for you so whether he may have some some feelings that well she never found me she in a way abandoned me how could she not find me with all the resources um at the same time that that notion has been chipped away little pieces here and there flipping back and forth between those feelings makes a whole lot of sense because it's- it does you have 28 years of, of thinking you were abandoned. That, that's not something you just shake off with one conversation with a woman that you don't even know very well. And who you were walking in to kill, by the way. I mean, he walked in with a gun, you know, planning mm-hmm. to shoot the woman. Um, it's And then suddenly he gets the call from Red and the conversation with Scotty and, and things change. And so you don't just shake 28 years of thinking you were abandoned off in a few weeks it's or you know however joking the other day about how how crazy the timeline is it's it's something you just kind of let go because it's tv um but you know however long it's been now since probably a few months yeah it's still regardless it hasn't been 28 more years and it's it's something that he it it seems very realistic to me that he's shifting back and forth with but i was abandoned but i'd kind of like to know but i was abandoned but that that seems like what a a very realistic reaction to it and there's gonna be a little bit of fear in there that maybe they didn't look for me because you know when you go back you tend to go back as a child, I mean, to whatever feelings, because I know that he says he doesn't remember anything, and he may not remember, but they may be those vague things, like Liz had about, you know, my my mother left me with Sam, and I thought that she was a ballerina, or, or drawing that thing that she, became her fantasy, that he may have had some feelings that maybe they, you know, they may have taken a three-year-old child and telling him, you know, they, they're never going to come look for you because you're a bad boy. You know, anything that, that you could say to a child at that time would likely stay as in the oh, back yeah. of your mind, creating a whole story. Like maybe he was defective. Maybe they didn't love him. Yeah, that's, that's 
I could definitely see that. I mean, especially if you want to want the kid to stop fighting. I mean, because yeah. three years old, you still can kick and scream, and you know, I mean, it's not like like with Agnes where she was a newborn and they were taking her. You know, yeah, I mean, this is a three-year-old little boy that you know. Was you need to cross their soul in order to keep them quiet. Yeah. And so that's, I think that's a definite possibility, and it, it would probably work very well into the psych- psychological issues that he's had over the years with, you know, connecting with people and just the way he reacts to various mm-hmm. points of, of meeting people in his life and connections. Yep. So very, very interesting. Well, do, you, do you think that Liz is going to be able to toe the line? I think she may have some trouble with it, but then again, this this is the one place within the the FBI I think that she could can. function. Yeah, because you like we talked about earlier, even wrestler who was, you know, the manual says you never lower your weapon, you know, mm-hmm. in season one, <laughs> regardless of what's happening, you never lower your weapon because the manual says this. Even he did he has, that. He did that. He lowered his weapon. Yeah. Um, Solomon. Yeah, for Tom. Yeah, Solomon, yeah. Um, but even he has progressively moved towards mm-hmm. more into the gray. And so I, I think that at this point, some of the stuff that was really bothering Grass in season two is some of the stuff he understands better now with, with Liz. And so she will be able to function, I think, better. This, this would be the one place within the FBI she can function. And yeah. still be, but I do think she may have some trouble because she had a lot more freedom as as a consultant. Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, yeah, and also they may get darker because, as I always said, um, if you look at what Red says initially, um, that there is there is a very uh, when Red comes to the FBI, he kind of lays it off in a very um, simple way. This is what I want to do. I got a list of people. I've been, I've been um, putting this list together, you know, for 25 odd years. And um, this, is, this is the exact quote. Um, the criminals will matter, the ones that you can find because you don't know they exist. Zamani was a small fish. I may have. And if you want the whales on my list, you have to play by the rules. Um, in this, um, this, the blacklist, it's called the blacklist. That sounds exciting. That's why we're all here, of course. My wish list. Politicians, mobsters, hackers, spies. And you think about it, what has he gone after in this three and a half years? He's gone after mobsters, hackers, some spies. He's moving on to the bigger fish. He's moving to the whales on his list. And those whales are going to be murkier because they're people working with the, the confinement of the law. They're the politicians, the, the money, there's the people that work within the system. Um, and we've already seen the task force being willing, like when they worked with Halcyon, to go in and steal the money from Kirk, who was working with the politician, the you know, all of that. The task force robbed a bank. Yes, I mean, and they also, and they were also, they know exactly whose alliances um, the new president has. 
So this is a this is a whole different world, and we're moving into darker, murkier. Um, and I think that that may may be where everybody will evolve, going towards the darker, going towards you know it's okay to maybe shoot the guy. Liz will not be as because if you remember, in in this very obvious in in the in the dossier, how Liz was really bothered by wrestlers shooting to kill. You know, she mentioned this a couple of times, like it would be lovely if he didn't shoot to kill. Um, and I think that that um, that at the end, it's it's changing now. It's like Liz also shot to kill. Um, she tried not to, like with a cop, but she she did. And I think that they both have gone in understanding and. Moving forward, we're going to see a lot more interesting blacklisters than just, you know, the dark monster in the woods. I mean, they may come up occasionally just because you have to stop them. But we're going into terrorists. We're going into politicians. We're going into the spies of the world, the big the big fish. I agree. And I think it'll be really interesting. It'll be very fascinating. It's one of the biggest fish is Katerina Rostova. Yeah. Is she a good one or a bad mommy? I don't know. Hopefully we'll find out, because I'm pretty convinced she'll pop up eventually. Um, I, I just... think so. I mean, it's, we get too many things. It's Vanessa Cruz, the, the clothes folded on the beach. You know, even in my crazy theory, we have met her. It's just that Red can't forgive her. I mean, Red, Red will have to learn forgiveness, and that's not something that comes easy to him. I agree. I mean, we saw that with Kate, and so... It's, it'll be a fascinating journey, and I'm, I, I very much enjoyed this episode. I liked where it took us. I liked what it gave us with some characters that, you know, our, our main, uh, Liz, Liz and Red kind of took, not a back seat, but they, they stepped aside a little bit for, for Samar and for Aram, and even for Wrestler in this episode. It was nice. It, there was a very lovely moment with Liz not believing the guy being framed. I mean, she's being framed. She knows that. I mean, it's just like, there's something wrong here. And, you know, it's interesting because she doesn't make the connection. Like, I know this. I know this is not right. And I find that interesting because they threw that in there. And I think that that's going to come up more and more. Liz is going to make probably that be her area of expertise, frame people. And that brings us to one of those little few cases, because we only have two cases that we have no idea why Red brought them. Vanessa Cruz and uh, the uh, Milton Bobbitt. Those are two that we have no idea. But definitely the framing of the of the guilty and or the framing of the innocence has a lot to do with Vanessa Cruz. Yep. So it would be lovely to see if they ever bring that one back. I, I think they will. I mean, they, she they was certainly fun. set it up. All right. So uh, does that about wrap us up then? I think so. All right. Great. Well, it was a great episode and we're looking forward to next week. I'm really excited about next week's. So I think it's going to be really creepy and really good. Yeah, we haven't had a creepy one. And also, um, I'm looking forward. I don't think it's going to be the next episode, but I'm looking forward in the next four or five to getting to a bit of wrestler's um, backstory. I think we're due for some. We're due to something to explore where he is emotionally now, where he is mentally. I would love to see him get a love interest. And, I, you know, it's... Uh, it, 
or something that will help him explore. I would love to see him going back to his childhood home to explore some of that because um, we're due. I mean, we're we've got a lot of wrestler. We've got a lot of Samar, a lot of Aram. Um, Cooper is another one that could use a little bit more. But we've been getting bits of pieces of of who Cooper is. But wrestler, we're we're due. So, writers. <laughs> I think it'll be coming. Um, So, as always, please feel free to leave us any sort of comments or messages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. And then you can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. We always love to hear from you guys. All right, guys. I'll see you next week. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.